0: I'm Mike Breen, Public Awareness Officer for the American Mathematical Society, and I'm talking with Vikash Gaya and Ilgin Guler, who are at Pennsylvania State University, Penn State, and they're going to talk to us about bus bunching and the math behind it. So it, people might not have heard of bus bunching, but it's kind of a common thing. Can you tell us what bus bunching is and what the math is involved in trying to uh, eliminate it or mitigate it?
1: Sure. Bus bunching is when basically two or more buses come to a bus stop at the same time or within a very close time to each other. And often, you know, buses are supposed to have regular headways and just kind of spread out over the system. However, bus bunching is often observed. You'll be waiting for a bus, and you'll see that bus come with the exact same one right behind it, and that's what we call bus bunching. And math is used to model the travel time of buses along their routes and how it relates to the passenger arrivals and these mathematical models reveal that a lot of the issues that cause bus punching have to do with how passengers arrive to bus stops and that it's actually a problem that is difficult to solve in the sense that it occurs just naturally Uh, So, by that, I mean that when a bus, for some random reason, starts to run a little bit behind, what happens is that there are more passengers that wait for that bus. So, when that bus arrives, it spends just a little bit longer picking up all those passengers, and then it's just a little bit more later to its next bus stop. And as this continues, this bus falls further and further behind its schedule. While this is happening the bus behind it is picking up less and less passengers because the bus in front is carrying most of the load. So eventually what ends up happening is that the bus in the back catches up to the one in the front because at some point it's either picking up very few one or two passengers at a stop or even starts skipping stops because there are no more passengers to be picked up. So just with some random fluctuations in Passenger arrivals or bus travel times, bus punching can be caused. And math can be used to both identify this problem, identify why it's caused, and also it can be used to control bus punching.
0: Ah. So that's Ilgin talking there. I should have said that. And then headway is really the distance between the buses?
1: The headway is the time between buses. Time so like a bus comes to a bus stop every five minutes, every three minutes, every ten minutes, et cetera.
0: Huh. And so, has there been much progress in this area? You say it's a natural thing. Are we getting close to overcoming it?
2: Yeah. So uh, I can take that one. So essentially, what Ilgin described is that when we use math to sort of model the movement of buses on a on a route or as they're traveling through a network, what the math reveals is that these systems are inherently unstable. And so uh, what that means is the the buses are not going to naturally creep even headways. They're going to naturally move to uneven headways where the buses essentially bunch together. And so, you know, using math to model these movements, what we can do, what I guess transit agencies and, and uh, researchers have done is sort of devise strategies to make this unstable behavior a little bit a little bit more stable. And so strategies that have been developed to mitigate this bunching are essentially, it can be very simple, like holding buses. So if we, uh, you know, when planning the schedules, if we know that bunching is likely to occur, which it should occur on, on every route since the movement is unstable, we can ask buses or ask uh, drivers to simply wait at the stop if they're early and do not depart earlier than their scheduled time. And by having drivers consciously do that, not just leaving the stop whenever uh, you know the last passenger gets on, but waiting un- after the last passenger gets on and waiting until the appropriate time to leave, we call that uh, holding. We can sort of help mitigate this by keeping the early buses from becoming earlier and earlier, which, as uh, Ilgin mentioned, sort of uh, just leads to this bunching phenomenon and so transit agencies build in a little bit of extra slack into their schedule. One, to allow the early buses to make sure they wait at the stop, and then two, if a bus is late, there's a little bit of slack into the schedule so that the bus has some time to essentially catch up and, and remain on schedule if it gets a little bit behind. Does huh. that make sense?
0: Yes, it does make sense. With the models you're talking about, are they always discrete models, or are they sometimes discrete, sometimes continuous
2: So the models are can you know there's a variety of ways to model uh, buses moving along a route But the easiest way is to model the movement of a bus from one stop to another and so in that case we can model it in a discrete way you know the time from one stop or I guess that would be a continuous variable the time from one stop to another Mm
0: -hmm.
2: So we can you know sort of discretize points along a route you know essentially the stops and then model the movement of buses as they travel from one stop to another
0: both of you work in transportation. What are you uh, researching now or, or testing techniques in bus bunching? So I,
2: I, can, I can start and then let, maybe let Ilgin, um... okay at her work, but there's traditional strategies to overcome bunching, rely on knowledge of what's happening at the present time. So I sort of mentioned that building slack into the schedule, that's assuming that we don't know what's going on. And other existing strategies, you know, if the bus can communicate with a central office or something like that, or communicate with the other buses, we can use these equations to dynamically tell a bus, you know, how much it needs to hold at each stop. So at this particular time, you're scheduled to depart at a particular time, but because of the location of the other buses, we're going to have you wait an extra 30 seconds, which will help us mitigate this bunching. Mm-hmm. So that's currently done. And so some of the research that we're doing now, at least some of the research that I'm doing now, is sort of making uh, making a little bit more informed predictions about what will happen along the route. So not just what's happening currently, which we can sort of get from measuring uh, or, or communication devices, but using the information of of where buses are along the route can we predict where buses will be 30 seconds, 1 minute, 5 minutes, 10 minutes into the future? Using that information, we can basically get even more informed, make more informed decisions about what these buses should do in order to mitigate the bunching phenomenon. And Ilgin?
1: Yeah, on my end, what I would like to add to that is that a lot of the strategies that Pekash described look at buses themselves, but there's also another external factor that causes bus punching, which is congestion and how buses interact with cars. So a lot of my work looks at how do we eliminate these interactions between buses and cars in an efficient manner. So, for example, I look at systems such as um, transit signal priority or some more innovative strategies such as pre-signals which allow the bus to stay on its schedule without having to interact with cars too much or getting delayed in car queues. So this can help at least eliminate some of the variability in bus travel times that cannot be controlled by other strategies.
0: Is it true that the number of people who are showing up at a stop is a very hard thing to determine? Is it random? Passenger
2: arrivals are essentially, are definitely a, a random process, and so you know when when Ilgin mentioned sort of modeling buses as they travel along the route, she she sort of started with the you know if once a bus gets behind or once a bus gets early, so once a bus is later or once a bunch of once a bus gets early, and that can happen for a couple different reasons, and so one of the reasons is what Ilgin mentioned, congestion. Just an accident on the road, an extra red light or something like that, the bus becomes late, and then, okay, now now we're in trouble. And something else that can happen is in the passenger arrival process, which is set itself is random, the number of people that arrive at any time is a random variable, and also the time it takes for a passenger to get served. It's also random. Some people just jump on the bus and it's very fast. Some people have to pay, you know, pay the driver, which takes a little bit longer. If there's uh, someone with special needs, like a wheelchair, that's, that's a longer time spent at the stop. And so these factors are all random and, and they all contribute to sort of keep making a bus get off schedule. But the point remains is that regardless of if the process is, is random or not, and it's definitely random, once the bus gets off schedule, it's hard for it to get back on schedule without an intervention.
0: Huh. So that, that's a lot of explanation about this problem. It's very interesting. Is there anything either of you would like to add?
2: Nothing on my end. I mean, I think we've covered the, the highlights of, of uh-huh. this problem. It's still an active area of research. Researchers and, and transit agencies are still trying to solve it. If you go to any bus stop or any any bus route, you'll find that buses are, are bunching today. We've known about this as a, as a field for a very long time, but it's a difficult problem to solve, and it just stems from the fact that bus routes are inherently unstable systems. And when you have an unstable system, trying to get it to behave in a predictable way is very difficult, or
0: at least a desirable way is difficult. And Ilgin, is there anything you'd like to add?
1: Nothing, really. It's just adding on to what Akash said that I think what might end up solving the problem is applying a lot of the strategies altogether, like applying strategies that are directed towards keeping bus headways equal, And adding strategies such as the ones that I mentioned to reduce the interactions of buses with cars and just kind of a combination of all of these might be able to solve the problem. But even then, I don't think there's ever going to be a guarantee that buses won't bunch. Even on, for example, dedicated bus lanes, bus bunching is still observed, which is pretty interesting.
0: Ah, Well, thank you both for talking to us. That's uh, Ilgin Guler, who was just talking, and Vikash Gaya, who is the uh, male voice that isn't mine. And uh, both are in the Department of Civil and Environmental Engineering at uh, Pennsylvania State University. Ilgin and Vikash, thanks very much. Thank you.
2: Thank you, Mike.